you're a member of the This Is Money Facebook group, you may remember a post that I put up. I asked people, do you have any questions for somebody in their 60s who started their own business? This was a very popular post and there were so many questions. And the reason that I asked that question was I was recording this episode for our newly re-released podcast series called Retire Right. And I'll talk about that in a moment. But what I wanted to do was show everyone this episode to really encourage you about your life, about your goals. It's never too late to start something. If you're 50 right now, get started on that thing. If you're 40, there's still time. If you're 30, guess what? It's okay. You can quit your job and start your own business. You can change careers. So this is a major PSA to anyone having thoughts about starting their own thing or changing careers, changing jobs, changing something in their life that they may think, well, I'm too old to do that. I can't do that. Look, you can. And this is why this voice is here. It is here to encourage you with taking action in your life. So this episode, it is actually up on the Retire Right podcast. I wanted to put it up today for another reason. I've actually been quite unwell and have been unable to record. So last week we played a replay from another smaller podcast, This Is Investing. This week uh, I'm playing this episode, which I was gonna do anyway. Uh, So that's why I've just taken the view that we'll give the masses some good content because Retire Right, this episode and last week, This Is Investing, those podcasts are very, very small in comparison to this podcast here, This Is Money. And before we get into the discussion, the reason why we started Retire Right, the podcast, is for you to show your parents, your grandparents, your uncles and aunts, this podcast. And if you want them to retire right, if you want them to be better with their money, if you want them to be encouraged, it's easy for us to tell them than for you. So search Retire Right, subscribe, and also forward it, Spotify or Apple, to your parents, grandparents, uncles and aunts, anyone that you might know that is over 50 slash 55. And I will say, if you do have an interest in retirement, if you do have an interest in estate planning, if you do have interest, generally speaking, in terms of money and the money world, well, you will get stuff out of this podcast. And some of the strategies that the hosts and the guests talk about, it's good to know in the back of your mind that, oh, when I'm 55, I need to check this. Even if you're 30 right now, even if you're 27, imagine being 30 years away and getting a start on something that's happening in 30 years. This is exactly why we're doing this podcast, mainly for those over 50, over 55s, dedicated content for that. But if you do froth on money content, it's a banger podcast. You can subscribe to Retire Right wherever you're listening to this podcast. Let's get into it. Thank you so much for your grace with me not being well and being able to record some live episodes. If you are new, appreciate your time uh, with this little update and your patience. My name's Glenn James, and this is Money. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Chris. 
There's a couple of reasons why I wanted Chris on the podcast. Number one, as an encouragement to anyone at any age to just start something, just to follow your passions. We talk about retire right here and the older I get, the more I realize that the older people are, they're not that old anymore. And there's Chris and I were having a laugh at some of these questions before we started and about dementia and like, hang on, he's not that old. And so Chris, the long and the short of it is, you were in your early 60s when you started a business. That's right. And uh, you're going to share your story today and we're going to answer a heap of questions. But before we get on to the questions, tell us right now what your life looks like in terms of the business, work, lifestyle, where you're living, housing, all that stuff. Okay. Well, life looks pretty good. Uh, It didn't look as good as this, you know, 10 years ago, but we have landed very well. Um, We started the business uh, seven years ago. It's a drive-through coffee shop on the Central Coast. And as a result of that business, I'm usually there one day a week just to see the staff and keep an eye on them and Mm. and encourage them and work with them. And um, it's providing a reasonable, livable income, Mm. uh, which we're really enjoying. Mm. So you could say I'm practically retired but I still have that interest of actually seeing how the business is going, making sure it's, it's ticking along. I love the interaction with uh, the customers when I go down there just to say hello to people and love the interaction with the staff. Mm. So, yeah. And what about, you know, if you're down there one day a week and you might be on the computer or other days ordering or mm. I don't know how hands are you're on with day to day, if it was two or three days a week that was focused on the business, what are you doing with uh, your other time? Well, unfortunately, or unfortunately at the moment, I'm probably living um, part of my passion and dream at the moment, you know, because we're, we're on about two acres of land. Yeah. And so I am actually very interested in gardening, very mm. interested in trees, mm. very interested in nature. So I've been doing a lot of landscaping, a lot of planting of gardens, planting of trees, and I've got a lot of time to do that, mm. uh, which is great. And how old are you now? I'm 70, last year. Yeah, yeah, awesome. How old's Charm? Charm? Well, I've got to get this right, haven't I? She's 68. Yeah. Mm. Quite younger than you. <laughs> yes. Uh, 10, 15 years ago, did you ever think before the drive through coffee and the small business, did you ever think your life would be like it is now, having all this free time and okay, livable income and hanging in the garden and tending to the farm? <laughs> I probably did at that time. It was about, you know, a couple of years later that that things, you know, started to go south for us Mm. uh, because we had quite a few really good investments Mm. and it was the GFC that really sort of uh, sank the boat, Mm. the lovely retirement boat, if you want to call it that. And um, that really then posed some serious problems Mm. of um, because... We're educators and so what do you do? Do you keep on working in a job that's getting harder and harder Mm. to actually front up every day, getting more demanding uh, as an educator, as a teacher? What do you do? Because it Mm. starts to put a lot of stress on you. Yeah. Do you think just – and that that is a whole other topic in episode, you know, GFC, interest rates, property price Mm. and all that stuff. Do you think 20 years ago (laughs) you might call it irresponsible lending – had a big play in that, like over-leveraging Australians potentially? Yes, I, 
you know, I know people that, you know, had really uh, extended themselves and, of course, I did too. Mm. Um, I overextended myself um, and went into development of properties, yeah. you know, buying land, splitting it down the middle, putting other homes on it mm. and uh, really I was leveraging that against really good investment properties mm. that I did have. But when the GFC hit, uh, everything went south. Yeah. Couldn't sell the properties for what I'd even put into them mm. to develop them. Mm. And, um, yeah, so I think it was very easy to get money. Yeah. You didn't have to really prove anything. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think I wanted to ask that first and foremost because going through that process, like you become more resilient and maybe that did work on that risk muscle because if you're a six-year-old listening now, the last thing you'd be thinking, oh, I need to start a business from scratch <laughs> and build it and hopefully that will come. Like, so talk us about the, the risk mindset and the profile or were you just, oh, we're doing this and kind of didn't think about it too much? <laughs> I think we've, my wife and I have always done risky things mm. and... Um, and goes right back to when we were first married. Mm. You know, we wanted to get an organic farm uh, and we were very, very close to that. Mm. Uh, and a few things changed that. Um, we s- both of us started a school from scratch. Really? And I mean that school today, I won't say where it is, but it's, it's a school of about 800 here in Australia today in Queensland. Very, mm. very good school. So we started that from mm. scratch. So Charm and I have that tendency to think, yeah, we could do that. So when we were looking at what do we do now, teaching is very stressful, not good for you. Was senior school? Uh, senior school. Yeah. Um, Charm was in high school as well, sometimes in primary school. Yeah. But it was just very stressful, very demanding. Um, I had been in teaching since 75. Mm. Uh, I would say the workload for teachers has increased probably two to three hours every day. And so when, that's not too bad when you're young, but when you start to get around 60, you're thinking, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. So probably the good th- the, the thing for us was that our sons were already in the, in the coffee business. And so it was great to be able to work with them. I loved seeing their business build and loved being part of that, just uh, being beside them. And I think to take on a drive-through coffee shop We'd seen a lot of them in the US because we travel a lot in the US and thought that would work. Mm. So, yeah, we took a risk and we didn't have really much money to back us up. It was just off you go. Yeah, fascinating. Let's dive into some questions because I put it up in the the Facebook group, Retire Right, and also This Is Money. We'll get into some trouble answering some of these questions, so let's jump into it. (laughs) Natasha asked... Well, she firstly said, as a 41-year-old, I'd listen to this. And that's exactly why I want to do this because... Yes. And maybe we could just start right there. Like, yeah. what would you say to somebody who is 40, who is 30, who is 50, who thinks it's too late? I can't do this. Yeah, I, I don't think it's ever too late uh, to start a business. Providing you've got good friends around you. Providing you've got, I think, some good common sense and you make sure that you go and get some good sound advice. And I think it's got to be the right business. For example, the business we chose uh, didn't involve um, borrowing huge amounts of money, which is like a lot of franchises, mm. you know, 500, 600, 700,000 to go into which a franchise. Which is a non-starter, isn't it? Yes. 
So I would not advise, you know, people to do that. But we simply looked around and kept our eyes open. And when this business uh, came up and basically, you know, for a modest sum around about $30,000, $40,000, we were able to purchase this business mm. and we were able to kick off. Mm. And basically from day one, uh, although we never made a profit from day one, the mm. business started to work. So yeah. it was an existing drive through coffee place. Yes. And what do you think the reasons that they sold it, they couldn't make money or it wasn't a good product, they just weren't cafe people? What do you, What would you put it down to? I think, first of all, they would have put a lot of effort into getting it started. Yeah. I think they're a little bit exhausted. But also I think that when you have something like a coffee business or a cafe, you've you've got to love people. You've got to be willing to chat and talk to people and welcome people and enjoy people. And I'm not sure what these people were like. I don't know that. Mm. But I do know that customer service is so important. People will come back if they feel like you like them. And seeing your face, because your wife worked in the business as well, Mm. um, you know, we can talk about that and the other staff. For some of the regulars, that 15-second interaction in the drive-thru is their daily therapy. Yes, Particularly at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know, to have someone smile at them and say, how are you? Yeah, have a good day. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. So, so that's cool. Like, so you purchased the business, effectively cash flowed it. Natasha follows and says, what's the ultimate plan? Do you intend to run it and then sell it? Do you have a plan at the moment? <laughs> Well, Natasha, no, I'm not quite sure what we're doing at the moment. I mean, a couple of years ago, I we sort of probably thought that we would sell it because mm. we would have made quite a good profit yeah. on just selling the business because it was, um, you know, a business that someone could buy. If they wanted to work the business, they could. Mm. But if they wanted to just take a reasonably good, you know, weekly salary mm. for minimal work, then yeah. why not? So what are the hours of operation? Um we are 5.30 to 1 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's a good it's lifestyle early business. Oh, yes. it's early. I mean, yeah. I'm not ever doing it. <laughs> I don't know how you <laughs> you guys do it, anyone in hospitality. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, Nathan asked, did you have any buffers in place when starting the business? For example, were they financially comfortable from super and other investments or was their financial future depending on the success of the business? <laughs> A few questions there. Yeah. Uh, we had very little super and yeah. that came from um, just our own fault mm. in the things that we're involved in um, as well as teaching. You know, super was not a big deal. So, no, we had very little super uh, to look forward to. The Basically, the only the buffers that we did have is because we're both teachers, The it is so easy to pick up casual teaching. Uh, honestly, if you put your name down at a school or a couple of schools, you will get phone calls every day and you tend to be more knocking back work. So there was always that nice buffer there that if the business uh, going through a couple of months of getting up and going, mm. which it was, I mean, the first six, eight months were tough. Mm. Um, you had to be there, you had to be working that business and sometimes the cash flow wasn't as good. So you thought, well, okay, I might go and teach tomorrow. Were there any days where you'd go and open and then at 8.30 go and teach? Oh, yes, I did a few days like that. (laughs) 
<laughs> Did you, and I think like any human emotional cycle, yes. it would be like, well, what the hell am I doing? Yes. And then, oh, no, yep. this is not too bad. And then yep. mm. I'm too old for this and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'd go to school and the kids would say, so you smell a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah. So they were very interested in, in the coffee business. Yeah. Uh, the question we were asking you about, uh, we were laughing about before we started was from Gillian. What's the succession plan? Have they planned for dementia and aged health uh, restrictions? You forget we talked about that, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> What's this lady's name? Gillian. Gillian. Well, Gillian, my, my dad died recently at 99. Wow. Really good mental mm. uh, faculties. So I am expecting that, you know, I'm only 70. Yeah. And so I'm expecting another... 30 good years at least, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. So, no, it, it didn't revolve around a dementia. But certainly uh, getting the business for us was one, and, and I often joke to the people that come through and I'll say, well, I'll never get dementia down here, you know, when I'm having to take orders for, you know, can I please have a large latte, please? I want it half strength. I want it on decaf <laughs> and I want it, uh, you know, with almond, yeah. almond milk, all that sort of stuff. So... And I think that that is actually mm. doing doing wonders for my mental capacity. Yeah. yeah. Mm. How long was Charm working in the business when you started it? Like, did you both kind of do a full five years of full time ish? Or no, not really. Charmian worked for the first year. Yeah. And uh, she was really great in you know got the business going, and she's really great with the customers. And so I would be there, but I was the one that would you know if we got the phone call to go and do some casual teaching, it would be me yep. that would do it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, yes, like so, I always took a, an extra set of clothes in the car. <laughs> so <laughs> if I got a call at seven thirty, take off. Uh, I would just you know get dressed around eight o'clock and and take off. Mm. And uh, so it was a big day, you know, getting up at um, opening the shop at five thirty. So you you were up at four thirty. Yeah. So, yeah. And we did ask if uh, Charm could come on, but she politely declined and said, <laughs> yes. "I might read on the balcony." <laughs> yes. Yeah. She's taking it easy. Yeah. No, that's that's good. When you've got a business like this, there is a high reliance on good people working in the business. That's right. How have you navigated good people and good managers? Because at the end of the day, your business is only as good as its managers. Mm, that's true. Um, I, th I think as a whole, we've been really blessed with a lot of good people have come through. And most of the staff that have worked there have been, you know, just reasonably good people wanting to work hard, wanting to please. Uh, every now and then you have someone come through who's just transient. Yeah. And really I think the key is just to love them mm. and to walk with them mm. and to help them, you know, perhaps see that maybe something else is a bit better. Yeah. You know, we, I've had some people come along and try out and uh, for a week and it's just gone south. Well, the thing is it's, it's hospitality mm. but on steroids. Yes. Oh, yes. Because you've got a line of cars that come yep. in and form around the back. That's right. Sometimes out onto mm. the road. Yeah. Mm. I mean – We've got to get these coffees moving. That's right. Yeah. So it is a high pressure. It's a high pressure. You know, yeah. it's it's a high pressure job. Mm. I heard something the other day that they, and someone Google this and fact check me, but effectively, yeah. hospitality workers are more stressed than neurosurgeons. <laughs> 
Well, when you think about it, like if I'm doing brain surgery, it's going to be a nice, calm environment and yes. oh, I've got the frontal lobe there and yes, you've got I some got... nice classical music playing. This is good. This is good. <laughs> you, you've got a team of people running around with their head on fire. Yeah, and, you know, we have really good baristas there and they um, really take their coffee seriously. So, mm. I, you know, I hear at times some of them saying, oh, you know, it's running too quickly. That's not good. Mm. And because we want to have good coffee. So my job at times is to go to the people that are waiting and say, hey, you know, Mm. um, we just have to make some adjustments. So can you please wait a little bit longer? Yeah. Lynette asked uh, about health insurance and income insurance. How did they approach covering their interests in case of medical issues? Okay. Well, we never worried, like I always carried a life and death policy Um, and that obviously has come through our super even though there's minimal amount in the super fund but and Charmian has always covered that. I think the fact that we had the the teaching, we never worried too much about income protection and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it could take a while to get income protection if your business is only new. Yes, it can be the case. Establishing how much you're really earning yeah. 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 So there would have been some structural problems there anyway. Mm, yeah. But I think, yeah, you're right. Like, and I would also hypothesize, you know, a lot of the income protection policies have an age 65 benefit period. Yes. Which means if you're taking out a policy at age 62, you're insuring for three years, you almost would just take the risk. Mm. And say, and because it would be very expensive. That's right. You'd yeah. almost take the risk. Yes. You'd take the risk. Um, so, yeah. and, yeah, that's, that's cool. Um, Kewen, what was the most challenging part setting up in, in the early stage? I mean, in the early stages, you did effectively, effectively buy the business, but you would have had to change some things. Yes, well, in, in buying the business, I mean, it was a, one of those businesses where we walked in and thought that we once we bought the business, we would be trading, you know, next week. Mm. But unfortunately, we found out that the council approvals had expired. Gosh. And that basically what I had to do was the business had to be shut for six weeks. Gosh. While I went back to council and worked through all the issues that our previous owners hadn't really addressed because I never really realised they were on a, a yearly approval. Right. So I went back and got a three-year approval and then eventually I got a five-year approval after that. But yeah, that was because, you know, you shut a business for six weeks. We were stunned that actually when we opened after six weeks that, you know, a lot of people still came back. Yeah. So that was a bit of a challenge. Yeah. So we basically did have to rebuild mm. a bit of the business. Yeah. yeah. Mm. We're going to take a quick break and when we get back, we're going to talk about fears and the fear of failure and everything else in between. We'll be back right after this. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves 
without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Okay, we're back. Carrie asked... Were you scared about failing and what other people might think about you starting a business at that age? If so, how did you get through those fears? I don't really ever remember the fear of failing. Mm. I thought at the worst case scenario would be that I was prepping food and making milkshakes um, for the next 10 years. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That I would probably just have to work there and earn an income there. Mm. Um, I actually quite enjoyed the shop. I loved Mm. the interaction with people. I loved helping people. Um, You know, just even the simple little things, you know, some person would pull up in the morning to go to pay for their coffee and they'd say, no, I've left my wallet at home. And it was just great to say to them, your coffee's free this morning. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And, um, but yes, my, I guess my fear was, "Mm, I could be doing this for the next 10 years just to survive. But the good thing that did come out of it was that I was eventually able to step away from it Mm. and earn a good income without actually being there. Was it a strategic thing that I did want to step away from it or after five or six years you're like, I've actually had enough of the early morning every morning? Oh, yes. That early morning every morning is is quite demanding. Mm. And uh, But if, if you're strategic, I mean, you can even if you still want to work in something like that, then you've got other workers that you could get, you know, you can get them to come in early and Mm. then you can come in at a later time. You Mm. can always get there and do another shift. So it doesn't have to be just all of you at the same time. Yeah. Mm. So it is on its own big block. Yes. It must be, what, 1,600 square metres or something? It's two blocks of land. Yeah, two blocks of... Yeah. So talk to us about when you bought the business, what did you buy? Did you buy the block? Did you buy the the building, which is a almost like a modular container type mm. setup? Yeah, the building is is like a really big demountable yep. that you would probably see on the side of construction sites on the roads. Um, so basically, um, it sits about strides both properties. Yep. So um, the cars drive in one side, come in through one gate, come right up, come around the back, yep. and then they order at the first window and then pick up at the second window. So what we bought basically, we bought the business, but in buying that, basically what we bought was the demountable building. Mm. I leased the land. Right. Um, If I had been younger, if I'd have been 40 Mm. and had the success that we've had in the last seven years, I would probably be looking now and thinking, I want to buy this land. Yeah. And I would love to purpose build Mm. because this business does work. Yeah. Amber actually said, what lessons have you learned and what tips can you give people in their 40s and 50s? Well, I I guess a few things I think, first of all, I'd like to say is, you know, is is that we did have some really good investments originally and um, they started with the GFC. Mm. I think the big problem was that we never got advice. 
We never talked to people about, hey, what's some, we never went and saw some good financial planners. You just thought, oh, well, we'll get through this, do you know? Because I'm sure that there would have been ways even to hold on to some of the properties Mm. that we lost and some of the properties that took us into debt. Mm. So that would be my advice is go get get advice. Yeah. Go talk to people because um, we were in a reasonably good position. It just, just gradually drained away and before you knew it, the tank was empty. Yeah, gosh. But with the business, uh, as we looked ahead to our retirement, I think we basically looked and thought, well, I don't really want to be, the pension is pretty limiting. Mm. So maybe uh, for a good period of time is that somehow we can actually have a a reasonably good income Mm. uh, coming in from a business. And um, that's what motivated us, I think. We thought, well, yeah. Yeah. So day to day, who does the rostering? I still do the rostering. Yeah. 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 And you still take care of the bookkeeping? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ordering? uh, No, most of the staff are great. Yeah. They they will do the ordering because they're there most obviously there. How many people on like a busy 8.30 in the morning, how many staff would be there? I have three on. Yeah. Three on in the busy time and then that drops back to two. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say you're retired? No, I don't fully feel retired at the moment and I don't know what I would do if mm. I was fully retired because yeah. I actually enjoy the challenge. Mm. I love adding products. Yes. Um, you know, we've just added a range of products to the business and which are going really well and I love doing that. Uh, I love thinking, yeah, this this will work. You know, people would like this mm. and um, how can we make this work better? How can I make the business more efficient. How can I look at the outside of the property and say, hmm, if I did this, um, that would help business. Did you ever do anything that you noticed an instant uptick, like new signage or fresh coat of paint? Like it's basically marketing 101 on the side of the road, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, mm. Did you notice anything that you did that uh, may have helped? Or, let me give you an or, or was the fact that the regulars knew every morning you would be open and it didn't matter because the product was good? Probably both, yeah. It's it's having great coffee. Yeah. It's having great coffee. Um, and it's having that really good service. Uh, but, but too, what I notice all the time, because I love advertising, always mm. have, not that I do really anything on social media, but, you know, just posters that we get made. I notice that... Whatever posters I you put still up, have the Wacky driver. Wednesday. <laughs> no, Wacky Wednesday's gone. Actually, <laughs> yeah, the meal deals aren't done. <laughs> Monday Madness, and yeah. yeah, they were actually quite good, but they, yeah. But I've noticed that anything I put up, like about a year ago or eighteen months ago, I put up this huge sign on the front, you know, roast beef toasties. Well, all of a sudden, roast beef toasties are selling through the roof, you know. Yeah, okay. And it seems to be whatever you put out there. Mm. and make a, an emphasis on, um, mm. that's what you will sell. Yeah, okay, that's good. So were there any other learnings that you soon found that I'm good at this or I'm bad at this and I need to actually get out of the way? <laughs> like what did you learn about yourself? <laughs> I, I had one day it was very interesting where um, the only other barista that we had on, so Charm was there, I was there, and the only barista that we had on that day was got sick and had to go home. Gosh. And so Charm and I said, can we do this on our own? Do you know? <laughs> and it was a reasonably busy time. And 
I had always, and I, even to this day, when I'm there, I will do pause, I will do all the food, get the food on, the toasties go in and that, and get food out. I'll do the milkshakes, etc., and I'll do the coffee shots. I feel quite comfortable about getting the shots ready, running the shots. I stay away from milk. Yeah. <laughs> because what concerned me was all the different milks. So... I'll never forget that day that the Bristol went home Gosh. and Charm actually helped me. She was doing shots and I was making coffee and I'm making, I'm, you know, frothing or not, you know, texturing Steaming the milk as you should say. Yeah. My, my boys are probably listening. Yeah. Texturing, I'm thinking, hang on, was this almond or oat? Oh, I don't know. And, you know, <laughs> because I've got seven dockets in mm. front of me. You know, mm. someone wants a large with oat milk. Someone wants a small with, you know, uh, other milks. And I'm getting confused. And there's cars lining up. And so around about, we did it for about 45 minutes. And then I just said to Charm, I'm going down and I'm going to quietly shut the gate. Yeah. <laughs> And that's it for the day. Yeah. We're done because yeah. I realised, and I think I had known this, I'm not good in that milk area. Mm. And so I think, and which was great because really what it made me do is that it made me not be in a position where I could be there. Mm. So I really needed to make sure that I had good baristas and that that whole process did not depend upon me. And you know, if there's one barista, one point of sale person, and one other food person working yeah. at the moment, mm. if one, if the barista did happen to go home sick at the moment, one of the others yes. can step in. That's right. Like everyone's yeah. capable. Yeah. At so the we've moment. got two good baristas on. Yeah, great. all the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Mm. Good thing to learn early <laughs> yes. on, isn't oh, it? Oh, yes. <laughs> so you mentioned, you know, your boys. Um, they run a coffee roastery. If you've heard the This Is Money podcast, I've actually interviewed them. Uh, Chris and Ben from Glee Coffee Roasters. Uh, so they supply the cafe. So they, like, how, in your mind, like, obviously they want to help their dad out. Like, do they hook you up with a good yes. rate or you, do you pay market rates for the beans so it keeps the book the same or do you what would like to say no comment? <laughs> <laughs> they look after me. Yeah. You know, yeah. They look after their father. Yeah. And, um, and that's, that's beautiful of them. Yeah. yeah. But still, you know, I still... Pay quite a lot for my beans, mm. but uh, yeah, they do look after me. Yeah, and I'm sure at times there where things need to get fixed and repaired, that you know, I think they're pretty generous with yeah. their time and their help and their advice. And yeah. yeah, yeah. How did you go through COVID? COVID was actually a good time for us. Right. As a business, we never qualified for any. Wow. Government help because well, you were set up for click and collect straight away. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were on it because our business went up. Yeah. Our business, you know, just went up through that period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did it come back down or just created no. the new habit of people knowing that it was available and the awareness of it? No, it it stayed steady and probably kept growing mm. uh, even after COVID. Yeah. Um, the only thing that we have noticed is with the uh, interest rates yep. in the last. Um, year would it be now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 13 months. Uh, yeah. Gradually, yeah. We have noticed people not buying as much. Right. And that's really interesting, have. isn't it? Because you're at the coal front of yeah. Yeah, well, sales. And we know these people mm. and they're, they're hard workers and uh, they're off to work every morning. Mm. And, you know, they are making comments like, hey, Chris, you know, I'm not buying a toasty anymore. I'm not buying this anymore mm. because... We've looked at it and thought at the end of the month we've got we to meet this increase in the mm. mortgage. So we've noticed it, yeah. How have you managed 
the cost of goods versus prices uh, because it's it's expensive. Like I the other day, my guilty pleasure, Chris, yeah. is a soy caramel latte. Right. And yeah. I'll get one a week, <laughs> maybe two or three. But <laughs> I was at a cafe the other day. I got a takeaway soy caramel latte oh, yeah. and it was $7.50. Right, yeah. And it was a medium. Mm. A medium? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's and expensive. Yes. Mm. So I'm like, well... This is interesting because I'm not cost sensitive, but it comes back to that: is it ridiculous to spend seven dollars fifty yep. on a soy caramel latte mm. when I can go through Macca's and get one for six twenty? Like, yeah, I don't know because there's the psychology involved. So, how have you gone with increasing prices and taking your customers on that journey? Because you need to be profitable. If you're yes. not profitable, they're not yeah. getting their coffee in the morning. Mm. Well, it's it's always a tricky thing, and when you really feel for your customers, um, you know. Anytime we've done price rises, um, we've usually gone three or four weeks and just talked to people about it and just put that human element into it that, you know, we, we haven't got a choice here. Mm. It's not that we are going to make extra money. It's mm. that we are just trying to keep up. Mm. Uh, you know, for example, my milk costs, just getting my Norco milk. When I first started seven years ago, it was $2.00 for two litres, mm. now it's $3.30. Mm. Most of that increase has come in the last three years. Right. So that's a significant increase and then you have all, everything else has gone up. This is crazy but have you seen anything go down? No. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting, isn't yeah. it? It's hard. Yeah, so our coffee, you know, unfortunately our, you know, our prices have not matched yet mm. the increases. It's, it's always a tricky business. Mm. You know, you feel like how much can I safely put my prices up without upsetting people mm. and losing business, which is a tricky thing, mm. yeah. Daniela asked about, you know, have you scaled and whatnot. Did you ever have thoughts about, you know, rinse and repeat and maybe finding an, a second location or you're like, oh, I don't have it in me? <laughs> Because you've probably been tempted to at least go there with your thoughts, have you? I have been tempted at times, yes. I've looked at a couple of possibilities. And um, as I said, I think if I was 40, Mm. uh, if I was 40 or even 50, I'd think, yes, let's Mm. do this again. Mm. Because if you obviously, if you can get another business going, then, you know, your cash flow is doubling. When you've got scale with scaling, Everything's scaling up. Um, But I think at my age now, 70, you know, I think um, probably no, you Mm. know. Is there anything that maybe you wanted to say either as an encouragement to younger people, older people, people wanting to start a business, people not happy in their careers, anything from just a general life encouragement? Because we've got a lot of people listening and back to the very start, I said, I wanted this to be an encouragement to anyone at any age to take action and try something. I think it's a person you should all be willing to take some sort of a risk in life. And, you know, Charm and I can look back on our life and say, oh, we shouldn't have done that, and, you know, that wasn't that wise. And But you know what? Boy, it was a lot of fun doing it. Mm. Um, I'll never forget my, my father's words ring in my ears, Chris, get a job and stay in it for all your life. And I could have taken Dad's advice and, you know, maybe I'd have been better off financially. I'm, I'm not sure about that. Who knows? Mm. But I do know that um, the stuff that we've done, having a go at starting different things, has always been a lot of fun. Mm. A lot of energy comes from it. And I think 
as long as you just pull back, my advice would be when you're considering starting to do something, whether it's a venture, whether it's uh, going starting something new or whatever, is just maybe pull back and sometimes be prepared to wait. Mm. I think of some of the things that Charm and I have done have been so risky and the outcome would have been a lot better if we'd have said, okay, do we have to do this right away? (laughs) Can we just slow it down? Can we make sure that we've got other uh, things in place so that if something starts to go wrong, we've got something to fall back on? And I think that would be my, my best advice. I would say by the time we got to start the business, I had learnt that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm not going into any details, but I have tried a few things in life and in hindsight I thought, why did I have to do that now? Yeah. Why not wait six months and sell a house? I remember selling a home once that I had built and paid cash for, Mm. 77000 So. If people understand real estate, they can work out that that was late, mid-80s. Yeah, yeah. But I sold it in a rush to go do something mm. and sold it for 60. Mm. Lost 17,000, which was, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Out of 77,000. Yeah, it was a percentage, yeah. And when you look back on it, you think, I didn't, don't think I had to go and do what I want to do mm. right away. I mm. could have sat back and said, What are the other alternatives? Could I do this in six months? Could I do this in a year? Mm. What advice could I get? What other systems could I put in place so that when I do take a step into a business or some other career that I've got some good safeguards? One thing we didn't mention was your uh, donut (laughs) expedition. Yeah, that was just... Lead, my whole donut expedition was leading up to the coffee shop. Yeah. Um, so yes, my wife and I did donuts for a whole year. Yeah. Uh, we used to cook about four hundred of them on a uh, Saturday night, and then go up to Newcastle and sell about four hundred donuts on a Sunday morning. It was quite profitable, actually. Yeah. And um, you're a sucker for this out of hours <laughs> stuff, yes, <laughs> late yeah. night on a Saturday, four yeah. four a.m. in the morning. And that's where I noticed the coffee van, you know, quite beside us, and I noticed the line mm. of people lining up for coffees. And I'm saying to Charm, I said, "Be good to get a coffee shop." Yes. <laughs> so it was a year later that um, actually I kept making you donuts did. for about. Three or four years. Yeah, because you were selling them at the cafe. At the, at the cafe. Yeah. 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 And people love those donuts. I mean, they were the real yeah. um, old-fashioned donuts. There might not be an answer to this question, mm. but what's next? What are you excited about in your life? Wow, that, that's a real tricky question. Mm. I, I love where we are here in Newcastle. Mm. Um, you know, half our family is in the US, mm. so we would love to travel a bit more and to spend more time with them. The other thing that I, as I said, I really love here is I I look at the property that we have and to me I want to just make it beautiful Mm. uh, with all the different trees, fruit trees, uh, different types of trees that have beautiful different leaves and colours and textures. Um, I love gardening. Um, But I also also love just being involved with people. Mm. So, um, you know, I've joined the Warners Bay um, Community Garden. 
Oh, awesome. So, you know, it's great just going down there and hanging out with a lot of other men and women who just love gardening. So, um, What are you growing here in terms of fruit and veggies at the moment? <laughs> well, with the summer heat, it's, it's a little bit restricted. But, mm. do you know, basically to, to sum it all up, you know, we can go maybe, maybe five months of the year at times. We don't need to go and buy any vegetables. Wow, you just They're eat all, what, seasonal? We, we just eat seasonally. Wow. Um, I have about 35 fruit trees planted. Wow. Ranging from avocados, mangoes, citrus. So they're, they're all in the infant stage, two, mm. three years old. So, you know, I'm looking forward to a time, you know, where the 10 orange trees, you know, produce 200 oranges. Call me when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've always just loved that. I love mm. seeing um, things grow. And mm. I think I'm, I actually think I might be here long enough mm. because every place we've been, I've put fruit trees in and then after six years or seven years, I've had to leave them in a very productive state and for someone else. not seen the full fruit of the fruit That's tree. That's right, yeah. yeah. Mm. No, it um, sounds like an exciting journey and, mm. uh, yeah, I want to thank you for sharing your story and just everyone, be encouraged, take action, take risks. Was there a thought in your mind where you're like, we're going to commit to this and if it doesn't work within three years, we're done? Or was it just a see how it goes? No, I always thought that it would work. Yeah. Um, I had Ben and it was Ben and Chris come one day and have a look and they said, no, Dad, this will work. Yeah. And I thought, okay. So I'll the tra- market research piece was done. Yes. Yeah, they came in, they looked and they said, no, this will work. Um, I, I must admit, Glenn, that my mind is continually thinking I keep thinking, what other businesses? Is there another mm. business? Because it, that business sort of fell into our hands. Mm. And I keep my eyes and my ears open and mm. thinking, is there? Because I believe there's opportunities. Mm. I, I think what you've got to realise in life, there's always opportunities mm. passing you. And, you know, it's a matter of having your eyes open and thinking, yeah, you know, like I am still open. I'm feeling so good about my abilities to, mm. to be able to, you know, thinking, well, maybe in three or four years there could be something else I do. It's interesting in finishing that mindset that society has had ingrained in us for maybe the last however long in terms of Western culture, mm. that age 60, stop working, out to pasture, you're done. Yeah. With medical advances, with technology with more connectiveness on a like on an emotional side, yeah, all that stuff, you've still got so many more productive years at age 70. Yes. Where we wouldn't have said that 40 no, years ago. No, no, we wouldn't have, yeah. So it's, uh, it's just, and this is the whole reason why I'm not a fan of this whole work hard, amass all this money, then quote unquote retire. Yes, yeah. Okay, and now do what? Yes. And get yeah. bored out of your brain. You're yeah. going to go back and do work anyway because you're bored. Mm. So why don't you do something you're passionate about today? That's right, yeah. Because the time's passing anyway, isn't it? Yeah. I think when I was in the US, it surprised me how many 70, 80-year-olds plus were still running real estate businesses. Mm. Were still run. Now, I don't know whether that was a financial need mm. or whether that was just something that they wanted to do. But as an interesting thought, what we noticed both as teachers as we started to come to get to 15, 55, um, a lot of the – they didn't want you. Mm. 
They wanted the younger ones. And it's, and it's one of the worst, I think, discriminations that people are facing in Australia now is... The ageism. The ageism, yeah. And it's it's really bad to have that in a, a business cultural sense because you need that lived experience and culture. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. sure, just because you're a 70-year-old teacher, you can't walk in and start whipping kids with a cane, but you've seen a lot yeah. and you know what mm. doesn't work and what works. That's right, yeah. And yeah. also from a mentoring thing. Yes. Yeah. Here's, here's a question. There's a lot of yeah. uh, younger educators that listen to this podcast. Yeah. You know, from a <laughs> wounded warrior <laughs> yeah, from, a, yeah. from the school halls. What yeah. are you saying to them? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. It's, you've got to keep enjoying what you're doing. Mm. I think you've got to find enjoyment in your job. And if you can't find that, um, I know so many of teachers, even younger than me, that, are struggling Mm. in that job. But I think it's not just teaching, Glenn. I think it's a lot of our service industries, police, Mm. um, you know, um, medics and all that sort of thing. They are struggling. It's a very tough world Mm. to stay in a position and to really, really enjoy it. Yeah, I I think I was interviewing a a teacher a couple of weeks ago and they said, oh, I'm a teacher. And I I literally was like, thank you for your service. Because it is that same as a nurse. Yes, it is. Yeah, um, Paramedic, Mm. fire, police. It's frontline working, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Well, we could chat for hours and we almost have chatted for an hour. (laughs) So, Chris, thank you so much for sharing your journey on the podcast today, all about how you uh, press start on a, a new thing at age 60. Thanks, Glenn. Great being on, mate. Really enjoyed. Thank you for all your questions. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which we live and work and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to this podcast. If you are interested in furthering your education around money, your career or property, we have three books that might help. Check out Sort Your Money Out, Sort Your Career Out and Sort Your Property Out. Find these wherever good books are sold or via the link in the podcast show notes. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 